Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Doing good. Can't complain. We're on the road to uh, Halloween coming up next week. We got uh, Evolution this weekend. Crown Jewel, like directly right after that. So we're a week and a half away. So lots to talk about in the world of professional wrestling. Again, you can follow Graham Matthews on Twitter at WrestleRant. Uh, great work for Bleacher Report. Our third man, Mark Ramondi from MMAFighting.com, who's not here with us today. Uh, he's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. And you can follow me, Randy Cruz, on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast, Two Out of Three Falls, on SoundCloud and iTunes. So, Graham, uh, you know, I wish I could start off on a more lighter note. But, you know, the, the wrestling world has been talking about the news about Roman Reigns and it kind of came out of nowhere and you know i wasn't watching raw live but i saw it on my phone and so a, a, a thank you hashtag roman uh thank you roman on twitter and maybe i th- just thought he got hurt and was gonna be you know be out and drop the title but when they said he has uh his leukemia returned it, it, it really you know brought every fan to kind of like embrace him and Pray for him and, and keep him uh, in our thoughts and just know that, you know, what you see on TV, the character, you know, booing him and everything. But now when everything gets real, um, you have to realize that, you know, you know, everything is is is, is wrestling is, is fake to a degree. But now when you bring the outside world in the real world, um, it, it, it brings you to a moment where you have to sit back and relax and kind of take everything in. And just kind of hope that everything's going to turn out well for Roman, uh, having faith, um, and and really feel that he'll be back soon. We have no idea when he'll be back, um, but hopefully a, a speedy recovery for him. Uh, this could be you know life threatening and and all that stuff. So, just when you're watching a, a Raw on Monday, and how does it you as a fan and kind of watching it kind of be like hey okay, okay like this ain't no storyline this is this this is real life and how do you how were you how were you able to kind of take everything in well the first thing that struck me as odd was the fact that he came out in his street clothes which we never see roman in he's always out in the vest and the typical attire for roman reigns and i'm thinking okay this is something new this is something different i don't know why he's coming out in street clothes but mm-hmm. you know whatever and then he wasted no time in saying, my name is Joe. And as soon as he said that, you knew shit was going down. And like you said, you you see people in this type of situation and you assume immediately that, that it's an injury. And obviously he is taking time off, but it's for a completely different reason. Right. I cannot remember a single instance at any point in wrestling where a superstar, especially someone the caliber of Roman Reigns, the guy right now in WWE, the equivalent of what a Hulk Hogan or a John Cena 
or even like 20 years ago, had The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin come out in the middle of the ring and made this announcement that Roman Reigns did that Roman Reigns did on Monday's Raw. It's essentially what the equivalent to what that would be. Um, him coming out and announcing that his leukemia had returned after 11 years of being in remission, which hit home for a lot of people. I think everyone can vouch for the fact that we all know someone, whether it be a family member or a friend, that has cancer. And you said yourself it's a very real thing. It's a very scary thing regardless of what you think of the character or the guy. No one deserves that. Cancer sucks. Fuck cancer. Um, there's obviously no timetable set for his return and his, um, announcement shook Raw to its very core on Monday. As you mentioned, a number of things happening on Monday's Raw between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, Elias turning face, Braun Strowman turning face, new Raw tag team champions crowned and several other happenings as well. All stemming back to this one announcement. Really, at the end of the day, all that's irrelevant compared to this. Right. Um, we're all wishing Roman Reigns for a speedy recovery, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he will. I'm sure he is going to kick cancer's ass. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, but it sucks because you watch wrestling largely a lot. I can't vouch for everyone. I cannot speak for everyone here, but I do think for I speak for a lot of people when I say that I think many people watch wrestling as a form of entertainment. I mean, obviously it's sports entertainment as WWE calls it. Um, but really at the end of the day, it's supposed to be the ultimate escape from reality. Um, you know, you know, someone who goes through cancer and you kind of watch wrestling to get away from that, albeit for two or three hours. And then you see something like this happen in WWE and it just, further proves the point that these people are indeed real people, that they can experience cancer. Roman Reigns is presumably in optimal health, and even he can come down with something like cancer. He can be affected by cancer. It spares no one. So again, it's an awful, awful, awful situation, a very heartbreaking way to kick off um, Raw on Monday night, and hopefully, and I know he will by no if, ands, or buts about it, make a full and speedy recovery to the ring. And with that being said, you know, I would assume they would have to change everything on the fly um, with this announcement. And a lot of things happen on Raw, you know, to 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 show that where we have new tag team champions. Fast forwarding all the way to the end, um, new tag team champions. We have Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose defeating uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, and then even with that. Um, you know, we get the highly anticipated heel turn from Dean Ambrose, and people were just, you know, I like the heel turn, but how can you do it on a day like this? And um, I mean, it was if you wanted heat from the crowd, that's exactly what they got. And, and who am I to say that was a perfect time? And I, I, I don't know, but they pulled the trigger. They made Dean Ambrose turn heel on Seth Rollins the same day and Roman makes his announcement. The same night, Roman makes his announcement. And the crowd was stunned. The crowd was silent. And they was like, how could you, you know, you heard, you heard some of the fans cheering, uh, not cheering, but chanting like, how can you do this? It's the wrong time. And this and this, this and that. And he, he, he did what he did to Seth. And he, he walked out. He walked up uh, in, the, in, in the crowd. And there's, some, there's even video of him walking in the arena hallways. And the fans are talking to him. And, um, and then, then again, he still tag team champions with Seth, with Seth Rollins. And very interesting to see where that, where that, where that dynamic goes where they have to team up, but now they're really far apart. So one, the D, the Dean Ambrose heel turn 
one, did you expect it? Two, what did you make of how they, they played it off? And three, where do you think they go from here going forward with Dean and Seth as tag champions, but they're not going to get along? Um, I don't think anyone expected it. I think anyone who said that they were expecting it is probably lying to you. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, is that um, WWE heavily teased it so strongly in the last couple of weeks, which really indicated, okay, it's not happening. They were back on the same page as of last Monday. They conquered the trio of Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre, mm. essentially sending the message the Shield is back on the same page. They're not breaking up anytime soon. And I said weeks ago when they first started teasing the Dean Ambrose thing that it was silly to even think they would break up the Shield so soon because they had a lot of mileage left in them. There was a lot left in the tank there. They just reunited two months ago. Their latest reunion lasted all of two months as well. Um, a year ago, and that only ended abruptly because of Dean Ambrose's injury. This time, I'm not blaming the company at all. Shit happens. Some pretty bit, some pretty bad shit happened on Monday with Roman Reigns. You can't change that. That's not the company's fault. It's not as if they had the shield in a match and Dean Ambrose went heel. My thoughts on what happened on Monday would be completely different. But in my mind, if you're not going to go full throttle with the shield with Roman Reigns being around and now he's being forced to take time off to uh, due to outside circumstances, if you can't go full throttle with it, then you do the exact opposite by having Dean Ambrose split away from Seth Rollins. I had read rumors they were planning on doing it around Survivor Series, which really is not that far away. It's only in about a month. I still mm-hmm. think that would have been too soon. If Roman Reigns was still around, I would have waited until WrestleMania. Um, some source came out this past week, someone who was around backstage in WWE around WrestleMania time earlier this year. They had even said that the plan was to do Rollins versus Ambrose at WrestleMania 34. Probably, I mean, I was going to say over the Intercontinental Championship, but that would not have made sense just because Rollins at that point was not the IC champion. But the match would have been done one-on-one at WrestleMania with Ambrose turning on the shield. I still think that is the plan. Um, I would not I would not hotshot this feud. I think you can drag this out for as long as possible and build to a match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. Uh, I'm sure they can have matches in the meantime. But if it's not a one-on-one match, I honestly think this is as good of a time as any. Assuming Roman Reigns is back by then, and I honestly, like I said earlier, have no clue, not the slightest idea of what the timetable would be to recover from cancer. I don't really think there is a timetable. Um, I think it's going to take as long. It could take weeks, months, years for Roman Reigns to return. In a perfect world, if he is back by WrestleMania, and by that point he will have been he will have been the, the biggest baby face in the entire company mm-hmm. for having beat cancer, um, you can do a shield triple threat over the Universal Championship, which I think is absolute money. And we've seen it before. They did it at Battleground a few years ago. It was great then. They could do it again this time with Ambrose as the heel and Rollins as the babyface. And Roman Reigns, obviously, still a babyface as well. So anyway, I thought the timing of it on Monday was masterful because it's not like Ambrose went out there and attacked Roman Reigns or said Roman Reigns Mm. was a coward for, like, having to give up the championship. Now, that would have gone too far. He didn't target Roman Reigns. He basically said in his head, in storyline, okay, fuck it, Roman's not around anymore. What real point is there to be aligned with Seth Rollins, a guy who's been overshadowing me now for close to a year? And although we are the Raw Tag Team Champions, he has a championship that I want in the Intercontinental Championship. So uh, we'll see what his explanation is, what his reasoning was behind attacking Seth Rollins on this coming Monday's Raw. But I loved it. I thought it was beautifully done. No one saw it coming, which is why it got the reaction that it did. Now, had he done it at Survivor Series or a little earlier or a little later or a lot later, I honestly think he would have been cheered. I know people like Seth, but people... 
like you said earlier, Randy, the key words there were the two words that you said, highly anticipated. I think a lot of people have been looking forward to Ambrose going heel now for at least a year or two. Mm -hmm. So this has been a long time coming, and people would have been like, oh, fuck yeah, Ambrose is heel. But I hated it. I hated that he turned on Rollins to the point where I loved it. Because as a fan, if you're feeling like, if they can work you to the point where like, you son of a bitch, you turn on your best friend after what happened earlier on in the evening, like, fuck you. Like, if they can get that reaction out of someone like me and someone like you or anyone else who has watched this product religiously for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, that's that's a job well done. So I got to say props to WWE for accomplishing that and giving us a reason to look forward to Raw now next week and the week after with Ambrose and Rollins and now Strowman and Elias and McIntyre. They have potential here to make the most out of, very, out of a very bad situation. Now, they've done this before where they give us a hot moment and they fail to follow up on it properly. Mm -hmm. I hope that's not the case here. I hope they can run with this, yeah. make Ambrose the top guy that Raw really, really needs right now. Because Brock's not going to be around, I would assume not full-time, obviously, but won't be around at all beyond Crown Jewel. Kevin Owens is out. Jinder Mahal's a loser. Elias just turned babyface. Braun's a babyface now. They need heels. Sami Zayn's out for the foreseeable future. They need fucking heels on Raw. And I think turning Ambrose heel was the answer to that issue. Real quick, you mentioned that um, Dean Ambrose, or the rumor was that Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins was the original plan for WrestleMania 34, or did you mean 35, or, did, or you meant 34 before Ambrose got hurt? No, yeah, I meant 34. Yeah, I think the original okay. plan was to do the match at 34 before Ambrose got hurt, which would have been around December because they reunited initially around October of last year, mm -hmm. um, September, October. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense that they would have, you know, had them run as the Shield for a while and broken them up around the spring um, and then done Ambrose and Rollins one-on-one -on -one at Mania, which does make sense because – I mean, it was a great match, but Rollins, Miz, and Finn Balor, one-on-one-on-one, -on -one -on -one, the three-way that we ended up getting at WrestleMania felt a bit, like, random. Um, so putting Rollins and Ambrose one-on-one -on -one would have made sense. And I think also another plan, just this is a bit of a side note, I think from that same source who was working with WWE at the time had said that, they were, that we were supposed to get Kurt Angle versus Jason Jordan, which also comes as no surprise based off what they were building and teasing for weeks and months on end. Mm. And obviously that was next after Jordan got hurt um, right after the Rumble, and we've not seen him since. So there, there's a lot of interesting plans that would have happened at WrestleMania last year that we could still get at WrestleMania this year. Now, I don't know about Jason Jordan, but I think Ambrose and Rollins one-on-one, -on -one, if not a shield triple threat, is a very real possibility for WrestleMania 35. Right. And like, like you said, you know, the... The domino effect of Roman Reigns' uh, announcement where Dean Ambrose now turns heel. Elias turns face. Braun Strowman, I'm assuming, turned face. He's not a part of McIntyre, not part of Ziggler. Um, he does get Brock Lesnar at now at Crown Jewel one-on-one -on -one for the vacant Universal title. I think that, I know we're jumping the gun here, but I, I think that's probably the time where you know a lot of fans have been wanting Braun to win a title already and now it's like we're not going to go with what we what we just went through with, with Roman and have a one-on-one -on -one match with Brock and put the belt back on Brock I, I I just for me as a fan I just don't think they put the belt back on Brock unless they really want him to have the belt to go into a, the, the, the fucking octagon with, with the title and he, he does his thing at, in UFC or just put the belt on Braun because 
every fan out there wants him to be champion. He's now a face. Brock would still be the heel in this match. And I think the right choice would be to put the belt on Braun at Crown Jewel. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think it's pretty um, academic that Strowman wins at Crown Jewel. Knowing the company, they could very well give Brock the belt. But again, it kind of, it really does suck. And I hate to say this, it really is unfortunate that it takes a guy to get cancer for WWE to give Braun Strowman the Universal Championship or to finally utilize Elias or to finally do something with Dean Ambrose and Rollins behind the, you know, beyond the shield. I'm not saying it's a blessing in disguise because the guy has fucking cancer. Like that's that's terrible. But like this is just just goes to show that the company should not put all their eggs in one basket mm. when it comes to building their top guys. And this has been an issue for years now. It always has been an issue. Um, but I think with WWE, it's now more apparent than ever because there's no real stars beyond a few select few on Raw and SmackDown. This is why they have to bring back Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Edge, The Undertaker, Kane, um, Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy every two weeks, John Cena, because they don't have any real stars mm. on their roster. And they had a star in Roman Reigns, but if he's down and out, then who do you rely on? That's why they have to bring back Brock and all these other people. Now I would hope that they would start building up the people that they have. Now again, Braun should have gotten that opportunity, that world championship run, a freaking year ago. But you know what? Better late than never. He definitely was not going to win at Crown Jewel. He probably would have never won it since he didn't win it at Hell in the Cell either. But again, better late than never. And they also have a built-in program there between Braun and Drew McIntyre. Now, McIntyre can also benefit from this. Braun is back to being in the role that he belongs to be in, not being a babyface because he mm -hmm. was organically over as a face to begin with. Um, but you also have Drew, who can really rise up as a top heel on Raw, which as a illustrated earlier, you don't have many top heels beyond Ambrose. Now, Owens is out. Zayn is out. Mahal hardly counts. Um, and Stop that's really about it. Stop. They don't really have many other heels on that show beyond them. So Stop picking I'm on gender, Graham. Stop, what was that? Stop picking on gender. <laughs> I, I got to mention gender and the fact that he sucks and he's uh, he's not who they want him to be. Uh, I mean, he's not really as prominently pushed on Raw as he once was. But right. anyway, uh, gender sucks. They will always Thanks. jump at every opportunity I can to say that. But um, anyway, yeah, with Braun, I, I got to assume they are giving him the championship at Crown Jewel. Um, I don't know how good the match will actually be. No mercy match that Strowman and Lesnar had last year was pretty disappointing. But then again, Brock won with like one F5. So I, I would hope that they would book Braun a little better this time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that other people, you know, on the bright side, there really is no bright side of the Roman Reigns situation. There's not just because it's fucking cancer. Um, but from a storyline standpoint, I'm hoping they can finally start to see that there are other people on the show beyond Roman mm -hmm. and they can start using them and building them up and making stars out of them. So when something like this happens in the future, oh shit, we actually have people to rely on and we can kind of fall back on in Ambrose and Rollins and Strowman, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to fantasy book this where any... <laughs> Like you said, with the company, they just might put the belt back on Brock. So let's just book this real quick. If the championship goes back on Brock, um, we still have Survivor Series later on uh, in November. Braun is, is, has been having a back and forth with Drew McIntyre. Some online said Drew McIntyre should be inserted into the match to be a triple threat. But um, I'm trying to figure out if they put the belt on Brock what does it mean for Braun? And even even if the, if Braun is the champion, what does it mean for Brock Lesnar? Is this you know 
the final time we're seeing for for a little while is Brock is Brock going to be uh, chip chasing going forward? Like, uh, how do you think they go forward if Braun wins? What they do with Brock Lesnar going forward? That's the thing. I don't know. Um, I think we all assumed that we would get the last of Lesnar at SummerSlam. Obviously not the case. Now, I am glad they brought him back to kind of give him his right for rematch because from a storyline standpoint, he should get a rematch for the championship. He shouldn't just lose it and then leave because he doesn't give a shot. He doesn't give a shit about the championship. So I'm glad that he's back to blow off the feud with Braun. And I mean, what was also supposed to be Roman Reigns after what we saw at SummerSlam. Um, So I'm glad they're kind of blowing that off. But beyond that, assuming he does lose, and the thing is, what kind of scares me too when I really think about it, will they have Braun pin Brock? Like, that's Mm. the thing. I think we all assume it's an obvious outcome with Strowman winning. It's really not as foregone of a conclusion as many might think, just because Lesnar rarely loses, especially especially one-on-one. Um, Braun got that opportunity to face him one-on-one last year, and he failed. The only people that have pinned him one-on-one in recent years include Goldberg, mm-hmm. um, who's a fifth-year-old man, but he was a star, Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, and that's about it. Um, John Cena and Triple H, but that was years ago, 2012, 2013. So beyond them, there's not many other people that have pinned Brock one-on-one in WWE. Do they see Roman, or rather Braun, on the level of Roman Reigns and will have him pin Brock decisively? Now they could always do a non-finish, I would fucking hope not. Just have him pin Brock, one, two, three, and that's it. Brock's worth, his value in WWE will not go down because he lost to Brock clean, or lost to Braun clean, excuse me. He'll be just fine. Trust me, he'll be back. He'll still be a star. Brock, at his worst, is still a way bigger star than 90% of the roster, no matter how many times or how few times, rather, he shows up over the course of the year. Um, As you alluded to earlier, Randy, I would really, really hope that they would not put the championship back on the guy, put the belt back on him, just so we can, uh, you know, have that visual of him with the Universal Championship, with the UFC Heavyweight Championship at UFC whatever it is in January. If that fight is still happening between him and uh, Cormier, Daniel Cormier, I would hope not. I mean, the fight can still happen, but UFC doesn't give a shit whether Brock's Universal Champion or not. It's not a real title. Who cares? Like when he showed up at UFC a couple of months ago as the Universal Champion. He didn't even have the championship with him. You think right. Brock cares? Absolutely not. UFC certainly doesn't care. Why would WWE think they would get any more promotion out of that um, by having Brock be the champion in time for that fight? They wouldn't. No more. N- not more people would come to watch Raw from UFC. It just really would not serve much of a purpose at all. I, I talked about that months ago. I wanted to bring that up again here just because it might be a possibility. Um, and the show needs help. Raw needs as much help as it can get at the moment by having them put the belt on a guy that's not even there. It's going back to the same problem that we had earlier this year and last year too where you build a brand around a guy that's not even fucking there. Yeah. And right now they need all the star power they can get. So if you have a Raw roster without Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Brock without him around as the Universal Champion, that's a problem. Yeah. So if Brock loses, and he should at Crown Jewel, I just want to say this real quick. Mm-hmm. If he loses a Crown Jewel, I would assume that we will not see him again until WrestleMania season at the earliest, and that's my hope. Yeah, I, I think that's the one thing where I, I still feel like Brock is going to win because, you know, the star power. There's no Roman. You mentioned there's no Kevin Owens. There's no Sami Zayn. They, you know, I'll, they would rather put the belt on Brock, the part-timer, just because he's the known commodity, he's you know the hype and the big name and Raw. They 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 need big names on that roster, and maybe 
that kind of shows they don't have the complete faith in Braun Strowman just yet where, you know, he, you know, Braun can do this every day, work hard, this and this and that, and be de- deserving of the title. But if your name is not big enough, like like Brock Lesnar, you won't be champion at the moment. So that's because you mentioned how if Braun wins, it's how. Is he going to pin Brock clean, you know, in the ring? I don't think so. Two, Brock might just pin Braun clean in the ring. Or, I mean, hey, do we throw out Paul Heyman in there? Does Paul Heyman, like, everybody's turning now. So does Paul Heyman get involved where, like, he makes Braun Strowman win and now Brock is the good guy, you know? Like, maybe that can happen. I really, really doubt it. But you never know. Braun can stay with the with the, the heel turn with Paul Heyman. Brock can be the good guy, take Roman's spot. I mean, there's there different ways you can do this, but I think the main point is if, if the belt is not on, on, on Brock Lesnar because of the big name, that's what that's what Raw wants. And I don't think they have the faith in Braun just yet. Well, that's the issue, though. I mean, you could put the belt in the bigger name being Brock, which he obviously is. Brock, Brock's the biggest name that they have, but the issue is that he's the biggest name that's not around. And he's not going to be around at all. If he's prepping for UFC, he will not be around until at least the Rumble, if not WrestleMania. We cannot go another two, three, four, five months without a world champion on a show where there's no one on the top of the card at the moment. Yeah, they have Ambrose and Rollins, but it looks like they're fighting over the Intercontinental Championship, not the world title. And then you have Braun, and you're obviously building up Drew. The the well runs dry beyond that. They need the championship around. And yeah, Brock's their bigger name right now. But they don't need him as champion. They've been there. They've done that multiple times. Didn't work the other two times. No real no real reason to go back to that right now, if ever again, just because it benefited nobody. It hardly benefited Roman Reigns to have Roman beat Brock after like a year and a half because the guy was not getting cheered anymore when he won the championship than he, than he was uh, uh, at, you know, beforehand or after, whatever. It didn't really make that much of a difference. They could have done the championship at WrestleMania, the championship change at WrestleMania with Roman beating Brock, and it wouldn't have made any big of a, uh, of a difference. Really would not have mattered that much. But um, I'm I'm hoping that it goes to Braun, the belt goes to Braun at Crown Jewel, because there are a few different possibilities and people that he can face, like an Ambrose-Strowman feud. We can have Rollins and obviously uh, Rollins and Ambrose. You can have McIntyre and Strowman. Lesnar winning benefits no one. And if Brock wins the belt again, then who beats Brock? What, are they going to wait until Rowan's back again? Which could be a long... <laughs> could you imagine if they give the belt back to Brock and they wait until Roman is healthy again to have him be the one to beat Brock again mm-hmm. to win the championship? They can have another Brock and Roman match at WrestleMania 35. Holy shit. Um, I would not put it past WWE to do that, but it scares me because... No one can really beat Brock right now, aside from Roman, except for maybe Braun. There's no one on that Raw roster that has any real shot of beating Brock Lesnar. So if it's not Braun, then I'm scared. So I'm hoping Braun finally gets a shot. He's been screwed over enough times. They have to realize that the guy is still a hot commodity to an extent. Um, even though they've turned him like two or three times recently, they gotta they gotta keep him in one role and stick to that. Not do the Paul Heyman thing as you alluded to. I feel like that'd be a mistake. Um, keep Brock and Paul together for when Brock comes back. They're still a unit. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would put the belt on Braun. I'm not 100% confident they'll do that. But I think they – if I had to put – if I had to choose, gun to head, if I, if I had to pick between the two, I would say that Braun becomes the new champion. But 
Um, I, I would put the belt on Braun and hopefully build around him on Raw until another heel rises up to take the championship from him, whether it be you know Bobby Lashley or Dean Ambrose or Drew McIntyre. They at least have a few core heels to build around for the foreseeable future on Raw. But clean. You think Braun goes clean over Brock? Well, that, that's what also scares me, too, because they have the Braun-Drew thing, so an easy excuse for Braun to lose would go. be if Drew interferes and cost him the championship. Right. But then at that point, what are they fighting over? Like, is it going to be Braun and Drew one-on-one one for nothing at, at Survivor Series? I don't care about that. I really don't. The championship's on the line. Now, that would be a cooler thing. That, that would m- mean way more. Um, I also think there's also a chance, I'm not saying this will happen, but it would be cool, too, if they had, because they did promise a triple threat. Yeah. They promised a three-way. So they could always put McIntyre in that role instead and then have McIntyre take the losing fall. Maybe hopefully not to Brock, but that would make a lot <laughs> more sense if they added McIntyre in there and they had Braun pin McIntyre to win the championship. So I'm not going to put that past them either. I honestly think that would be a better match and it would be more exciting. I think honestly, if they, I mean, Braun deserves a run at some point. After losing so much, he deserves at least a one-day run as Universal Champion. But McIntyre going in there and pinning either Braun or Brock, probably Braun, to win the championship would also be a pretty cool outcome just because, you know, he's still relatively young. Mm-hmm. He's a fresh face. The guy could be the world champion tomorrow, and a lot of people not bat an eyelash. And he's been ready for a world championship run for a while now. Um, so I think that'd be cool too. But, yeah, I would, I would add McIntyre because he's not in anything else on the show as of right now. So, yeah, I'd put McIntyre in there too to make it a much better match and make the outcome a little less predictable. Hey, at least there there's options that they can um you know not not fuck this up. So you know for me, you know I you know my crazy self would say hey you know turn Paul Heyman on Brock, let him go with with a uh, uh, Braun Strowman, have a baby face Brock Lesnar, because we haven't seen that since he, since he's been back in uh in 2012. He's been uh, a heel the whole time, so that could be very interesting. Do I think it happen? No, but um. You know, Drew. Drew can be. Drew can interfere. Um, interfere. Make Braun lose. Brock will be champ. They do a triple threat at Survivor Series, and we're going from there. But um, you mentioned the the Intercontinental Championship. Now Seth is a uh, tag team and uh, IC champion. What do you think happens with the Intercontinental Championship going forward? Because again, he 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 has to defend it at some point, and if he does. Who are the people out there aside from Ziggler? Because I know you're tired of seeing Dolph as IC champion, but who can who's out there that, that can take the title off of Seth um, coming soon? Well, here's an idea I've seen people floating around. Um, if Rollins, he, he's outgrown the IC title. I think he could be a great IC champion, mm-hmm. but Rollins and Macint- uh, Rollins and um, Ambrose, excuse me, is a much bigger feud than the IC championship. The, the Ambrose. I could see him being interested in the IC title. I don't think he gives a shit about championships right now. He just really hates Seth Rollins. So that feud does not need the belt. Braun and Drew is a feud that needs a belt, that being the Universal Championship. Rollins and Ambrose has never needed the title. He doesn't need a championship now either, whether it's Universal, IC, or whatever. It's a nice added bonus, but it's a lot like Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho from 10 years ago. The bad blood is so strong that a championship does not need to be on the line. That being said, if you're going to take the championship off of Rollins and not put it on Ambrose, who's the next best person? You know, right now they're seemingly doing a feud between Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley. I think that feud benefit quite a bit 
from being over the Intercontinental Championship. So I don't know if Bobby's the one to beat Seth or or Finn. Um, Finn could use a run with that championship and really benefit from holding it. So mm-hmm. either one of those guys or obviously Elias. Elias is a good choice too, but he's a yeah. baby face now, so it wouldn't make as much sense. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say Bobby Lashley. I mean, I know he lost clean this past week on Rod and Balor. But that feud's not over. Um, so either Bobby or Finn, I think that feud would be a lot more interesting if a championship was on the line. And uh, Bobby could use it right now. He's got Leo Rush as his manager, as his mouthpiece. He's coming along nicely as a heel. And Finn Balor has been uh, spinning his wheels now for close to a year and a half. So an intercontinental championship run might not be out of the question. What else happened on Raw, Graham, that, that's worth talking about noting over here? Well, we mentioned earlier the um, Elias face turn I thought was well done. It's, again, really largely probably because of Roman Reigns um, and him being out for the foreseeable future. But you know what? Better late than never. I'm not saying Elias will be a better babyface than a heel, but people cheer for him anyway. Exactly. He's been coming out and doing the same thing now for a long-ass time. I would argue that he peaked at Money in the Bank. He had a great match with Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. They ripped it up. And they did nothing with the guy after that. In fact, the next night on Raw, they had Rollins lose the championship to fucking Dolph Ziggler. So if anyone um, should have held that championship, it might have, it might as well have been Elias. And it wasn't, unfortunately. He went on to feud with Bobby Lashley and John Cena and fucking Kevin Owens and all this other dumb shit. So um, I would have him as a face now feud with Baron Corbin, which may not sound exactly exciting. Might not exactly light the world on fire, but it's something. Baron Corbin is the authority figure on Raw. He can kind of get more TV time and working with Corbin. Um, it's a step in the right direction with Elias as a babyface. So I like that. We'll see where it goes. I'm willing to give it a chance just because at least it's something for him to sink his teeth into. And hopefully he won't be treading his wheels as much going forward. So I like the changing character with him. Beyond that stuff, there really was not a lot that happened on Raw this week. Um, it should have been the go-home show for Evolution, but the pay-per-view feels like such an afterthought right now yeah. that I could hardly care about the pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. I'm sure it's going to be good. could be a real solid show on paper. Some of the matches have the potential to be barn burners, but the build, by and large, has really been underwhelming, has really um, missed the mark for me personally, just because outside of maybe Ronda and Nikki mm. and definitely Charlotte and Becky – most of these matches, I mean, the May Young Classic Finals and the NXT Women's Championship match are going to be great. But, like, the Battle Royal, like, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Trish and Lita versus Alexa Bliss and Mickey, I don't give a shit about that. The fucking um, Riot Squad six-woman tag team match, a match that belongs on an episode of Raw. Who cares? Yeah. So, again, I think it's really telling that they had the go-home show for Evolution both on Raw and SmackDown. And neither show ended with the women. Which goes to show that, hey, we're just having this all-women's pay-per-view just because we're having a pay-per-view days later with just men in Saudi Arabia. The timing is no coincidence, people. Um, but, yeah, that, that's my thoughts overall on Raw for Monday. Yeah, you know, we had Nikki Bella smack Ronda Rousey in the face, and Rousey did nothing. I know I know. she said, you know, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to hurt you. But still, it's like, you know, you're... You, you know, you're a professional wrestler smacking a UFC fighter. So if you, if Grant, if you do that in real life, if you smack somebody, if you smack me in the face, you think I'm, you think I'm gonna say, ah, hey man, I got you next week. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm exactly. not gonna walk away and exactly. say, you know, I could see what they were going for, but. In reality, he she really should have killed her right then and there. But I could see why they would want to save it for Sunday. So I, I yeah. do applaud the effort there. Uh, 
other than that, Raw was pretty, you know, same typical Raw. SmackDown, <laughs> SmackDown ain't help either. Um, nothing really worth noting on SmackDown to my knowledge, right? Definitely not. Um, for one week anyway, I thought Raw was the better show. SmackDown is usually real solid and has a few, like, entertaining matches or segments. And I liked Rey Mysterio and The Miz, mm-hmm. uh, Miz TV, and the subsequent match between the two. But everything else just felt dull, bland, and lethargic. The fucking, you know, women's brawl, who cares? Um, the Charlotte Becky stuff at the Performance Center I thought was well done. I thought that was a good use, uh, a good effective way of building up that feud for Sunday. Beyond that, though, AJ and Brian versus the Usos again was well wrestled, but it was much of the same from what we saw last week. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, eh, been there, done that, and the match really was not that good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why I closed the show because there was nothing on the line, just as a you know a promo for the WWE World Cup, which means nothing. Shane McMahon's promo meant nothing. We had Rusev versus Aiden English, which really meant nothing either. <laughs> so yeah, a very very rare missable edition of SmackDown from Tuesday. So yeah, nothing really worth talking about from that show. Yeah, and I mean, you know, last week you just had the 1,000th episode of SmackDown, and you you would hope that they couldn't ride some sort of momentum from last week with Evolution returning and you know Rey Mysterio and Nakamura, and then you bring on this shit show and it's like you know me i love wrestling man but if, if, if i think raw or smackdown is whack i'm gonna tell you man that show is whack and smackdown this 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 past tuesday was utterly terrible yeah no it's not a good show um i think <laughs> it's not i'm not gonna be an apologist uh an apologist for for smackdown and say you know it's always great now that this show is uh it's pretty bad it was it was not good at all it was not like anything offensively bad but it was very boring to the point where, like, I cannot recommend anyone watch this show. Go out right. of their way to watch that show. Raw, maybe for certain mm-hmm. segments, obviously. SmackDown, absolutely not. I'm, I'm going to get to Crown Jewel and, and, more importantly, Evolution in a second. But also on Raw, you had, uh, you know, I, I want to get your take on that. The promo between DX, Taker, Kane, it probably didn't mean much. But just kind of like, you know, just I, I, I like the... You know, the video that they had with Kane and Taker, other than that, it's just, I, I like to ask you when it comes to these, you know, nostalgia acts, and you know, Sean kept mentioning nostalgia, it's a different word for old, but just want to get your take on that promo, did it mean anything, did you like it, did you hate it, and going forward into Crown Jewel, uh, does it kind of make you kind of watch this match even more or even less? I don't think it changed anything about my (laughs) excitement for the pay-per-view or for the match itself. Um, It was really just kind of there. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you talked about Raw highlights, I honestly forgot this promo even happened. That's how not bad it was, but it was so ineffective in getting me excited for the match. And really just, I don't know, it just kind of felt lame. Like, I thought the return promo from DX a few weeks ago was well done. The reaction was good. It still does not feel like we're getting Shawn Michaels back in the ring. It's pretty bad that that's we're getting a Shawn Michaels match in 2018, and no one is talking about it. Like I know the match sells itself, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Kane. Right. No one, no one is talking about it, and it's. I mean, some of those are really not WWE's fault, but we have Evolution on Sunday. The whole Roman Reigns thing happened. Ambrose and Rollins, that thing is blown up now into something bigger than uh, anyone could have ever anticipated after mm-hmm. the betrayal on Monday's Raw. Um, the Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia yeah. The show itself, Crown Jewel, it's like 
the fact that they're even going there is a problem. That's mm-hmm. overshadowing everything on the entire show just because no one really wants them to be there just because it's a, it's a whole shit show right now in Saudi Arabia. Um, Shawn Michaels returning to the ring really feels like an afterthought. It honestly does. So that promo did nothing to make me any more excited for the match than it was before, which was mildly interested to see how Michaels does. But beyond that, I could not care less to be to be frank with you. What's the what's the possibility of this being the one and only Crown Jewel event? Um, very likely, very likely. <laughs> I would hope that their deal with Saudi Arabia gets adjusted because I know the rumor a couple months back was that after Greatest Royal Rumble. They had signed some sort of like ten year deal with them, where they're well, they're going to be doing like a, a two two shows a year there every year for the next decade, which I hope is not the case. Wow. And I would hope, and I don't think it will be either. I think in in light of everything that's going on right now with Saudi Arabia, WWE would be so dumb to continue doing business with these people if they're not going to change their ways and evolve. That whole video package they put out when they had the greatest Royal Rumble about how progressive the country is mm-hmm. was the biggest crop of bullshit I've heard in some time. So I hope we don't get something similar on Friday of next week um, because, I mean, the timing is always bad to air something like that in a country like that, but right now, especially in light of all the controversy that Saudi Arabia finds itself in at the moment, that would be so outrageously dumb for WWE to go through with that and uh, make themselves look even worse in the process. So, again, I would hope this is the one-and-done, one-and-only Crown Jewel event, and we can move on and hopefully get less pay-per-views and focus on the shows that actually matter, like Survivor Series and, you know, pay-per-views of that elk. Oh, yeah, trust me, the pay-per-views will be will be coming. Evolution, Crown Jewel, NXT War Games, the night before survivor series and survivor series is the day after uh, at staples center in la so four more pay-per-views in, in the next uh month or so but uh i i did see that they are going to do the war games uh for takeover so uh, you know let, let's see how good you know what kind of war games match they're going to have this year right yeah, no, it should be good. War Games last year was one of the better takeovers they've ever done. It was actually a great show. The War Games match itself was awesome. Um, it was three on three on three. I don't know if they'll do the same thing this year. I don't think they will. They have the Undisputed Era back in full force, so it could be all four guys. Um, we'll see. We'll see. NXT never ceases to deliver. I'm sure it's going to be a great card no matter what. Survivor Series could go either way. Um, last year's show was solid. The year before that was okay. Um, I just hope that once Evolution, that pay-per-view is over, once Crown Jewel is over, they won't go into the whole, oh, Raw versus SmackDown bullshit that they've been doing in recent years because nobody cares. Nobody cares about Raw versus SmackDown. So I really, really hope that it, they just present a, you know, a normal pay-per-view with normal matches, maybe Kurt Angle, Team Angle versus Team Corbin or something along those lines, mm-hmm. and we can just um, have a normal pay-per-view. But I'm really just happy and excited to be done with all these events ending soon because they seem to be setting up and building towards so many pay-per-views and shows at once that nothing feels special. I don't care about Evolution. Crown Jewel has my interest for a few matches, but overall, a lot of these shows just mean nothing. You would think with more shows, they would mean more, but they actually mean less. Well, does it mean less because the the, the quick amount of shows or the fact that the storylines ain't there. The meaning, just the, the the you know being emotionally invested into the the program. I, I think it's a mix of both. Both. Well, I mean, there was also a period. Remember, earlier this year, they had backlash in early May 
And then Money in the Bank wasn't until like mid-June. They had like five or six weeks without a pay-per-view. Raw and SmackDown, I could not remember a single thing that happened that either show during that point. So it's not just the fact that we have a, a surplus of pay-per-views, a surplus of shows, because they can go a long stretch without having a, without having one pay-per-view. Like usually between December and the Rumble, there's not many pay-per-views at all. There's like a five or six-week period where there's no shows until the Rumble. But it doesn't make TV any more must-see just because the storylines are always the same stagnant stuff we've been seeing for years now. So um, it, it comes down to the company. I mean, you can have 20 pay-per-views, which I would obviously not prefer. Mm. I think less is more. But even with less pay-per-views, they can go back to having four pay-per-views a year. It would not change the fact that Raw and SmackDown need some serious restructuring. And I would hope that they can realize that and realize, like, you know, when they said earlier this year, oh, we're going to go back to co-branded pay-per-views. No more two pay-per-views a month. We're going to have, you know, Raw and SmackDown on the same shows. It didn't make the shows any better. It didn't make a difference. No. You can have 20 shows a year, 30 shows a year, two shows a year. If the creative sucks, the shows are going to suck. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I still think SmackDown won. Um, that back and forth where they had a Raw pay-per-view, SmackDown pay-per-view. I think SmackDown was the better overall um, you know, they provided the more better overall content when they had the, their own individual shows. Yeah, we talked about that here in the show at the time two years ago. But yeah, Backlash 2016 when they first brought back the brand split was great. Yeah. No Mercy was great. Mm -hmm. TLC 2016 remains one of my favorite pay-per-views this company's put on in years. That was the pay-per-view where we got Ambrose and um, Styles in a TLC match for the WWE right. Championship. Fantastic show. And they have really, really peaked at that point, and SmackDown was never the same after that, and Raw was always kind of shit. But, um, I mean, the brand the brand exclusive events had their moments, and they did allow for more people on the shows, but it really doesn't matter. The pay-per-views are no better now than they were then. It really doesn't matter who's on the shows. It's more a matter of how they're booking the shows. And the shows being four hours also doesn't really make that big of a difference. Um, I would wish they'd be shorter, but... It's not like I'm clamoring for a sanity match on a on a pay-per-view nowadays. or They don't really have much star power beyond the upper card anyway. So the right. fact that people like Ty Dillinger aren't making the card anymore really doesn't make that big of a difference. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out. Before we finally get to Evolution, I want to get your thoughts on I, I know you, we, we didn't do a show last week, but what would you make of the New Day losing the tag titles and your, uh, the, the 94th heel turn by Big Show? Well, Randy, you'd be remiss if you didn't say it was the thousandth heel turn, or the thousandth turn yeah, in Big right. career, considering you're it was right. SmackDown was 1000 in light of the occasion. you got to mention that. Exactly. Um, the title change, that was fine. The match was good. The New Day and the Bar always work well together. Really doesn't matter who the belts are on. Um, the division is in a decent place right now. They at least have a few teams they can build off of. A lot of those teams are never on TV, mind you. The Colognes have been on TV maybe once in the last two years. Hmm. Anderson and Gallows, are they even still employed? Like, I don't know. I but don't know. Anyway, um, the New Day are still a popular act. The Bar's a good act. I would have had Cassius Ono from NXT join the Bar over the fucking Big Show. But we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm never a fan of Big Show making week-to-week -week appearances, a lot like Kane. It does absolutely nothing for me. The guy being on TV as a regular, eh. I don't really care. He doesn't feel special. When he shows up from time to time to put over guys like Braun Strowman or this guy or that guy, you know, I think that's cool. I think that's a good usage of Big Show. But to come in and do an actual storyline with someone, like the fucking bar in the New Day, does nothing for me. But um, it was what it was. We'll see where it goes. All right, Graham, Evolution this Sunday. We got seven matches on the card, and uh, I know we'll do the crown jewel uh, next week. 
which only has five matches. But uh, we mentioned the Women's Battle Royal. Um, Tamina, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Ember Moon, Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Dana Brooke, Oscar, Mandy Rose, De- Sony Deville, Carmella, Lana, Naomi, Tori, Tori Wilson, Michelle McCool, Alundra, Alundra Blaze, wow, Ivory, Kelly Kelly, Maria Canellis, Molly Holly, and Zelina Vega. So, who wins this battle royal with the first ever Evolution pay-per-view, Graham? Uh, it's gotta be Asuka. If not Ember Moon, it's gotta be Asuka. Um, just because she has been floundering for months and now ever since WrestleMania, she has experience in winning battle Royals. She won the first ever women's Royal rumble in case people forgot. Um, I think that could set up Asuka and Charlotte again, mm-hmm. or Asuka and Becky Lynch, which is an even better option. Cause we've never seen that before on SmackDown. So either way, um, because the winner of this does get a future title opportunity. They do get a future, future championship match. So I think Oscar winning presents the best possible outcome, the best possible possibility, I guess, right. going forward. Um, Ember Moon would be cool, but I can't exactly envision Ronda Rousey, who you know is winning on this show, which I'll talk about momentarily. Mm. I can't exactly envision Ember Moon versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. Tamina is a fucking joke. Nia Jax, maybe, but been there, done that with Ronda and Nia. They have unfinished business. But eh, Nia being back in the title picture, eh, I don't really care. So I would hope it's Asuka. I think Asuka entering the SmackDown Women's Championship picture is long overdue. Do we get a two-minute dance break by Carmella? Uh, pretty good chance, yes. Maybe with <laughs> Kelly Kelly, who has experience as one-third of the, not the Miztourage, what was it called? The Entourage or the Extreme Expose, that's what okay. it was. Um, yeah, I think, I think Oscar, I think she, she's just been in a funk since WrestleMania and there were a lot, a lot of, uh, high hopes for her and her and Nakamura, but they both went, went in different directions. But I think Oscar should win this battle royal, uh, for a women's champ. Okay. Now for a women's championship match. Yeah. I, I think I would say Oscar and you probably see her against Becky. I think Becky's going to win against Charlotte, but not jumping the gun. Uh, six women tag match. Sasha, Bailey, and Natalia against the Riot Squad. You know, just like, ain't we see this on uh, Raw a few times already? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, Multiple on, times. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I will go with Sasha, uh, Bailey, and, and Natalia. What you got? Yeah, Banks, Bailey, and Natalia. I have real no real reason for it just because, I don't know. I mean, the Riot Squad have won a few times now, so Booking 101 says that the baby faces win. This is a completely pointless match. I mean, the rumor, they talk about these, these women tag team championship. I mean, again, if that is true, then they should have did a, a tag match for the for the first ever tag titles here on the show with Sasha and Bailey and whoever else they wanted. But just to put a, a random six-woman man, a six woman tag match that we've seen a, a, a plethora of times is like, so you build this thing for evolution and first ever this, and we get a tag a six-woman six tag match that we've seen like four weeks ago. I don't know. I mean, yeah, that would make more sense. It is a six-woman tag team match, so presenting tag team titles and having this be for the tag team titles doesn't... I don't know. I feel like there should be a tournament. You, ju- you just don't make this the tag team title matches. I mean, the SmackDown women, the SmackDown women tag teams kind of deserve a shot, too. Like to, For this to be for that belt would feel really anticlimactic, to be honest, without any prior announcement. Right. I do feel like they will announce the tag titles on this show. I'm I'm still not in favor of it. It's not anything against the women. What are you have four teams? 
Between the two brands, you have what? Let's see here. Banks and Bailey, who should not be a team anyway. They deserve way better than this yet. Mm-hmm. You have Banks and Bailey. I guess Naya and Natalia? Naya and Ember, for whatever oh, Ember, reason, yeah. they're a team. Um, you have the Riot Squad. Right. You have on SmackDown the former Absolution, Mandy Rose and Sonya. The Iconics. I guess Naomi and Asuka. I don't know. I feel like there's not enough teams to, to justify doing tag team titles. I know you can say the same for the men. But it's different, though. I don't know. I feel like that would get old real fast. And that would also be one set of tag team titles. You're not going to have two sets of tag team titles for both women's divisions. That'd be a fucking mistake and a half. Um, But I also don't want to see the championships like the champions go back and forth. Like I want people to stay on their own show. So I don't really like the idea of women's tag team titles. I never have. Mm. I currently don't. Um, I could very well. I mean, if there's any time to announce them, it would be on Sunday. I don't know. I feel like I heard they were scrapped a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they were going to do them, they would have done them a while ago. At this point, I right. have no desire to see the Iconics versus Absolution every week for the SmackDown or Women's or Raw, whatever, Women's Tag Team Championship. Kari Sane, Shayna Baszler, uh, NXT Women's Championship. I'm going to go with Kari Sane. Listen, you know me, Grant. I don't see NXT like that. I'm not every Wednesday, but, you know. I'm just going to go with Kari Sane because she's the champion and she I think she beat Shayna before. So I'm going to go with Kari. Who you got? I could see this honestly going either way. Mm. Um, I think Baszler could regain the gold. She's lost to Sane now a few times. Um, but I do think the time is right for Baszler to be called up, whether it be the next night on Raw or maybe even that same night. She attacks Ronda Rousey after she beats Nikki Bella. I honestly think that that would be cool. You want to get people talking? Ronda beating Nikki. Okay, whatever. We all expected that. Right. Baszler coming out and laying out Ronda after failing to win back the NXT Women's Championship that same night, I think would be a great story. And it sets up a big match for Survivor Series. Give us, if it's not Baszler, who else challenges Ronda next? I mean, the fucking Riot Squad. We've already seen her beat them single-handedly multiple times now. Mm-hmm. There's not many other people that could face Ronda next for that championship. So I would have it be, uh, I would have it be Shayna Baszler. So I got Sane going over here as well. Okay, um, Tony Storm and a girl that I uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name or Io Io Shirai. Oh Shirai! All right, May Young Classic t- uh, tournament final match. I don't know who they are, Graham. So take it away. <laughs> I mean, this could go either way as well. Both women are already signed to the um, to NXT. Tony Storm is more under of an NXT UK deal. Mm -hmm. And I think they want to build around her as the star of that division. So it would be weird. I mean, I I don't know. I guess they could have Storm win and then still put her on the NXT UK show. I'm going to go Shirai. I just, part of me thinks they would not go with two Asian winners back to back years with Kyrie Sane and now Shirai, but she is one of the best in the world. And Tony Storm would not be a bad choice either. It really doesn't matter who wins because both are going to be stars regardless. Mm-hmm. But if I had to choose, probably Shirai, just because I think Storm will be more of a mainstay on that NXT UK show. So we have two. No, okay. Trish Stratus and Lita against Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, a match that you don't care about. Um, I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss and Mickey James because what's the point of having Trish and Lita win and it's not like they're going to be on the following night? Uh, who, who you got? No, exactly. Really just kind of read my mind right there in the back. And the fact that you said, I don't care about it. And True. then you laid out why I don't care about it. <laughs> Not just because they won't be there the next night, 
But there is literally no reason to give a shit about this match. It has nothing to do with the fact that Alexa and Mickey will probably win. I'm fine with that. They should win. But it's like Trish and Lita come back, mm. and that's it. What, have they exchanged insults a few times? There is nothing exciting about this match at all. First of all, Alexa and Trish is not a dream match whatsoever. Maybe if it was Trish and Sasha or Bailey and Lita, like that would at least be interesting. Taking Alexa Bliss and Mickey, who are a good act, I don't know. I really just, it feels forced. There's not, It feels like just a match for ha- the sake of having a match. It feels like a glorified attraction. And I don't think it'll be that good of a match. We'll see Mickey and Trish mix it up again, and that's cool. Mickey and Lita, too. But eh, I just don't care. But I think Alexa and Mickey will win, and they should win. So you think they'll put Ronda and Nikki in the main event or this Becky Lynch-Charlotte last women standing match? No doubt about it that Ronda and Nikki main event. Uh, it is the bigger match. I will agree with the masses and with the officials where, you know, Ronda is a huge name. And she will definitely main event more pay-per-views in the future. Mm. But Nikki is also the closest thing that they have to a notable name on that roster that's not named Ronda Rousey. And Charlotte's a big name, too. And it's a great feud. I've loved Becky and Charlotte, and that should main event. It's the bigger match. It'll likely be the better match, mm-hmm. and it's at a way better build. But they're not Ronda Rousey, and they're not Nikki Bella. So for that reason yeah. alone, Ronda and Nikki is the marquee match on the show, and it's going to close out the event. And we both have Ronda going over. Easily. There's no reason for Nikki to win. Having Ronda lose so soon to fucking Nikki Bella, of all people, would be a massive mistake. Mm-hmm. And we have Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, as I, as I mentioned, last women's standing match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I mean, this could go either way, Graham, but I, I like what, what they've been doing with Becky Lynch. I think it's, it's a character development that she's been needed, been, been, been needing for, for quite some time. The fans are really behind her, even though they're trying to make her a heel, and, and she does heelish-type promos. I like Becky. I think she goes over. What do you think? You know... My mind says Becky. My heart says Charlotte. Mm. I want Becky to go over just because, like I said earlier, I think it makes more sense from, like, I'm thinking, like, long-term booking here. Yeah, in the short term, it does make more sense for Charlotte to go over because she got backstabbed at SummerSlam. She lost her championship at Hell in a Cell. She failed to win it back at Super Showdown. She failed to win it back on the subsequent SmackDown. I think she should probably be Becky at some point. And it'll likely be in the culmination of the feud when it matters most at Evolution. And also, too, I have no other championships changing hands here. Not the NXT title, not the Raw Women's Championship. So I would have to imagine they will have at least one title change hands. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think that uh, Charlotte's winning. Long term, though, I'm going to go with Charlotte. But I think it makes more sense that Becky win. Because if Charlotte wins, where the hell do you go from there? Exactly. Aside from having the obvious rematch. I mean, aside from the rematch... Who else is there for Charlotte to face? We've seen Charlotte and Carmella multiple times. Charlotte and Zelina Vega? Absolutely not. She's not that good. I mean, it doesn't even make any sense anyway. Charlotte and Mandy Rose or Sonya are the Iconics. They're losers. So, no thanks. If Becky wins, you have Becky and Asuka, as I said earlier, which is, I think, a money feud waiting to happen. And then Becky and Naomi, too, if you want to go in that direction. So you have at least two solid, if not great, possibilities with Becky as champion. Whereas with Charlotte, aside from facing Becky again, there's not many options. So I want to say Becky. I don't think they're thinking in that direction. They're not thinking mm-hmm. that straight. I don't think they're thinking that um, what I'm thinking. So I'm gonna th- I'm gonna say that 
Charlotte goes over and it's the big feel-good storybook ending, at least in WWE's mind, because they've been booing Charlotte since the get-go. But in their mind, it'll be the hero conquering the heel, and we have a new champion crowned on Sunday. Now, quick, I I, I had a quick thought, but I want to make sure I got I got it right. So, Shayna Baszler, she, is she or was she part of Ronda's four horsewomen stable or no? She was, and that's another thing, too. I think if there's any time to debut that stable, it would be on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not together. Maybe Baszler comes up and her and the other two attack Ronda Rousey. That would be kind of cool um, because I know at one point they were talking about doing a Baszler, Ronda, and then the other two versus the four horsewomen of WWE, which you could do aside from one little you know um, issue here is that – Becky and Charlotte hate each other. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. So why the hell they put their differences aside after feuding for so long just to face the four horsewomen of the UFC? So I think it's a good match to do at some point down the road. Not right now. Because Charlotte and Becky are involved and embroiled in a heated feud right now. To turn back on that and make them friends again would be a mistake, at least at this point in time. So, um, yeah, those two women are in NXT. They have since been signed by the company. Baszler's obviously on her way up soon, and Ronda's the current Raw Women's Champion. So, um, yeah, I just expect uh, just expect to see them in the uh, not-so-distant future, either in NXT or on the main roster, alongside Ronda and or Baszler. Yeah, because my, my you know thought was, with the whole four horsewomen, with the Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, and, and Bailey, then you have Ronda and Shayna and, and the other two, like, to try to get a, a finish for Becky and Charlotte, right? I could be way off here. Um, but, like, as opposed to Shayna attacking somebody in that Ronda Rousey match, why not attack Charlotte Flair? Because you, you mentioned who is Charlotte going to, you know, go after next if she loses. You know, what's next for her? Um, but if Shayna was to interfere in that match because the whole horsewoman kind of dynamic, now you have Charlotte, you know, against somebody going down the road. Becky's still the champion, but... You you might have a thing where Becky and Charlotte kind of get together later on, Shayna, and then they do this thing with Ronda. They all team up, so kind of get this four horsewomen battle going on. But I might be totally off. But I'm trying to figure out to help your point of where do they go with Charlotte going forward if she loses. I think Baszler interfering in that match to help Becky win could be an idea, which I know would never happen. <laughs> no, that could work. Honestly, I didn't think about that. I thought Baszler would be a better fit on Raw just because they need credible heel challengers right now. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the Raw side of the heels, you have Nikki Bella, who's leaving after Evolution probably. <clears throat> you have the Riot Squad, who mean jack shit. And Brie you Bella. Have... And Brie Bella, who's ha- who's happened to be on Raw and SmackDown, cheered on SmackDown, but then booed on Raw. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, she also does not matter. We have Dana Brooke. I don't know what the fuck she is. Tamina, no one gives a shit about. She sucks. Um, <laughs> who else even is there? I don't. I don't know. Is there um, even any other? Oh, Alexa Bliss and Mickey, obviously. But Ron has already beat them multiple times, so they yeah. need heels too. Um, Baszler Fox, could fill that yeah. void very well, but she'd be a fine fit on SmackDown as well. So either one is good with me. The issue is that they do have heels with the women on both shows, but they mean nothing. They mean nothing. So Baszler can be the one, if built properly, which I hope she would be, as she was in NXT. She could be a real game changer for either division. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that could be an idea, which I know they won't do. My last point is I had a, I had a show last week um, 
which you you weren't a part of because you were out and um i had rob lopez on from def pen sports and we, we came up this conversation where you know it's out there as a rumor that the initial plan was ronda charlotte at wrestlemania now with what they've been seeing with becky and how she's been you know acting with the whole charlotte um dynamic they might roll the dice and say hey becky and ronda rousey at wrestlemania i'm here to ask you is there a difference for you will you prefer charlotte and ronda or ronda and becky how do we get there because i know they're going to have the women's rumble match in january so you know if Charlotte doesn't win the bell, she can win the rumble and, and switch sides to Ronda. Um, in order in order for that to happen, if they go with Becky and Ronda, I, I'm assuming they're both on, you know, they're separate brands, but as champions, would it be a champ champ versus champion match? Would it be a one on one match between Ronda and Charlotte? Does it matter who who it is, Ronda Charlotte or Ronda Becky? Which one would which one would you prefer? Charlotte, as long as she's a heel. Because I think Charlotte and Ronda writes itself as a WrestleMania main event worthy match. Becky and Ronda would be great too. Becky's not nearly as big of a name as Charlotte is, even though she's better than Charlotte in some ways, including in the mic as a heel. Charlotte as a heel is money too. But I don't want to see if they do Charlotte and Ronda, I don't want to see the whole traditional babyface versus babyface approach where it's like, oh, I respect you. I love you. Like, that's bullshit. I don't care about that. Mm. I want to see Charlotte, the bitch heel Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. I think that could be excellent. If you have Charlotte fail to win the title back from Becky, she wins the Women's Rumble and then goes on a Raw to face Ronda as a heel. Um, Becky would be cool, too. I think it'd be the promos would be better. The match could even be better. But I don't know. On paper, Becky versus Ronda, Becky versus Ronda does not stand out as special to me as much as Charlotte versus Ronda does. So I, w- I would say Charlotte as long as she's a heel. If she's not a heel, then Becky Lynch. Okay, real quick, why, you know, playing advocate, why doesn't it jump out at you for Becky and Ronda as opposed to Charlotte? Because you feel Charlotte is the best in the business. And to, and for Ronda to have her first one-on-one WrestleMania match, it needs to be against Charlotte as opposed to Becky. Because my thing is, it, it, it's there, but do they need to rush it right away? No, but... It depends. It depends what Rousey's plans are. Because I know at some point, at one point, she was not planning to be around for long. Maybe that was because she didn't expect to do well or not expect to be as big as she is currently. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. I feel like it makes sense to do Rousey Rousey and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And I know you don't have to rush it, but there are more matches to be had with Rousey down the road as a heel. Like, she could be a heel and be facing Bailey and Sasha or whatever. I don't know. I feel like if you don't do it now, you could do it down the road, but it might not mean as much because Ronda might mean less. Charlotte could mean less. You got to strike while the iron is hot. Mm-hmm. Becky, I mean, I guess same thing. She's really popular right now, but will that be the case in six months? I think the fans will still be behind her, but will the company still see her as a top star on that show? Like, look at Carmella. She was the SmackDown Women's Champion for four months. Mm-hmm. She dropped the belt, goes on to start a thing with R-Truth, and now she's a fucking joke, which is fine. Her and R-Truth are a fine little act, but she's no longer the SmackDown Women's Champion caliber competitor that she was before, even though she was awful. She's a different case. Um, I don't know. I just don't think – WWE goes with what the casual fans want to say. Charlotte and Ronda is what fans want to say. They do not want to see Becky and Ronda. 
They probably don't even want to see Bailey and Ronda, or even maybe Sasha and Ronda, not Becky. Becky is awesome, but it's like, honest, I don't know. I mean, I do think if, like, let's say this. If you had a choice, if I had a choice between wanting to see Roman Reigns, and this was before they each had their matches with John Cena, if I wanted to see a match between Nakamura and Cena or or Cena and Roman Reigns, I would choose Cena and Roman Reigns because they're the two biggest names in the entire company. Mm-hmm. Would Cena and Nakamura be a better match? Yeah. But that's just because I'm an internet fan and I love Nakamura and I want to see him face a top guy. I don't know. I just feel like Roman and Cena make sense a lot like Charlotte and Ronda make sense because they're the two biggest names in the company right now. Becky versus Ronda on paper is hardly a draw unless they build it up to the point where they have bad blood with each other. Mm-hmm. Even though Becky's the best women, best woman, or really just out of anyone on the roster right now. So currently I would say Charlotte, but Becky would not be a bad second choice because the match I would assume would be very, very good. Or that's like, would you rather see John Cena and Nakamura or Nakamura and, and Jinder? Well, yeah, I mean, it's all based on star power, <laughs> Supposed but you also to laugh, have what Graham. the better match is going to be. I mean, Charlotte and Charlotte and Ronda could be, I mean, I'm sorry, Ronda and Becky could be a better, the better match. Mm. I, I still think Charlotte and Ronda would be great, too. I don't know, I just feel like based on what they've teased and where they are right now on separate shows and... Wanting them, one of them winning the Rumble, I think it just makes more sense. And I love Becky, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's a bigger match. It's not. It's not. The, the money match is Becky, is is Charlotte and Ronda, not Becky and Ronda. Mm. Maybe they could build it up to that, but I do think that Becky's going to be knocked down a few pegs once she drops that championship. That's just a fact. Charlotte, championship or not, is the biggest star they have out of every woman on that show except for Ronda Rousey. So that's why I would say Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania. You were supposed to laugh when I mentioned Jinder, Graham. That shit got Well, you said not to mention him. Now you brought him up. The guy sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Evolution, you know, you know, even the build, even if the build is not or hasn't been there as it should have been, um, hopefully it, it'll shock us all and be a, a pretty good show. Seven matches on the card. Hopefully we get some, you know, shockings going on uh, on, on that show and, Hopefully you enjoy it. After that is Crown Jewel. I know we'll do the, the preview uh, pretty pretty quick right after Evolution and the review of Evolution. But um, Graham Matthews, always a pleasure. Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Go ahead, uh, follow him on Twitter and read his work on Bleacher Report. Also, Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. You can follow me, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y. The letter J C R U Z. Download, rate, comment, subscribe to the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. We have two out of three falls t shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruise Control. Also, also on Patreon, P A T R E O N.com slash Cruise Control. Uh, Graham, you got to get yourself a two out of three falls t shirt, my guy. I do. Got to buy one and sport it and uh, wear right. it for WrestleMania weekend coming up and uh, maybe any other wrestling shows I go to in the foreseeable future. Yeah, man. WrestleMania in uh, 35 in New York. Hopefully, uh, me and you can, 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 can get there, man. Hopefully. I am definitely going. It's so close to us, we would be remiss to not go. And it's in April, right? April? Yeah, April 7th, Ooh. I think it is this year. Man, that weather, man. <laughs> it's it's going to be bad. It's, it's going to be bad, I'm it's sure, close. but I'm looking forward to it. 
Me too. Again, Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Wrestle Rant on Twitter. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate the time as always. Enjoy your birthday on Saturday as well, Mr. Thank- Ma- uh, Mr. Cruz. Thank you, man. Getting older, man. Getting older. <laughs> well, I mean, you're at that age now where you're as old as almost uh, Nakamura and Bobby Roode, so maybe you could be pushed on the main roster because, uh, I mean, hey, I'm not saying you're as old as Shawn Michaels, but the yeah. older you are, the the more you'll be pushed according to WWE. So exactly. you're in luck. Like, hey, like Shawn said, man, old is a different word for nostalgia. Cruz <laughs> <laughs> is all about nostalgia. That makes perfect sense. All right, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, Randy. Have a good one. I'll talk to you next all week. Right. All right, man. Take it easy. Easy. Bye.